Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shirim and Daf Yomi. My name is Yitzchak Shalom. We're now in Masachet Babakama Daf Kuf Yodadala Da Amud Aleph at Mishnah Bet of the last parak, continuing with the issue of how to deal with the government and levies and taxes uh, when they are um, inappropriately levied. Let's say that they seized, uh, the customs official seized your donkey and gave you a different donkey, which now we have to be concerned that that donkey was ill-gotten. Or if robbers took your garments and gave you other garments, they're yours. Because we assume that the original owners have given up on ever getting them back. Now we'll deal with that a little bit in the Gemara. If somebody saves something, floating down the going down the river or from armies or from robbers here we have to confirm that there was really yeush then you get to keep it if there's a swarm of bees if the owners have given up he points out that we trust even a woman or a minor somebody who's not normally an acceptable witness to identify that the swarm came out from a particular place. We'll see in what context that would be meaningful. And then you can go into somebody else's property to save your swarm of bees. You can't go in and plan to do damage, but if you do damage, you're liable. But you can't cut down, let's say, the fellow's branch and say, I'll pay him for it in order to get to the bees. He said, you could even do that. You could go in, cut down a bow, whatever it is you, a bow, whatever it is you need in order to get to the bees, and then plan and pay them back. Now, we have a Baraita that disagrees with our Mishnah in this version, and says that if you did take a donkey from the Mochsim, uh, for instance, you have to find the original owner and give it back to them. So the, uh, the author of the Brayta against the Mishnah maintains that Yehush alone is not enough to make a Kenyan. Which means that the, when you originally got the donkey from the thieves or from the Mochsin, it was Be'isur, and now you should return it. There's another version of the Brayta. If the fellow is moved to return it, they should return it to the original owners. Because really, Yehush is Makna. But if he says, I don't want something that's not mine, don't give it back to the Mochsim, find the original owners. Okay. Ravashi, in his first take on our Mishnah, says that um, the assumption of Yehush is only true if the Listim are non-Jews. But if they're Jews, then he doesn't give up. The fellow thinks, I'll go to take him to court next uh, next time. Which means that if you save uh, buy this stuff and trade, or you're giving it to them by the esteem, you have to assume that the original owners were not yaish, and you can't keep it. Markov Yosef Rav Yosef says really the opposite reasoning works. Akum non-Jews who do their judging with the whips and they have the wherewithal to really execute judgment. So lomi yaish the um, the. A fellow who had it stolen from him is not going to give up because these guys might end up in a court and the court will punish them and make them give it back. Yisrael came in the Amri Meymar, but Yisrael in a Jewish court is only, doesn't, here we don't have the wherewithal to really punish them. They'll just be, uh, punished, so we say, verbally, and then I'm not going to get it back, Miyayish. 
Alitmar Sefitmar, really Ravasi's statement should be about the Ravasi statement should be about the later part. The later part of the Mishnah said that if you save stuff from Listim, only if we know that there was Yehush, you get to keep it. Meaning the default is there isn't Yehush. So lo shanolakum, that's only non-Jews, mishum begita. Because after all, they, they punish strongly, so therefore unless we know the guy's given up, we assume he's still got hope. Have a least in Israel came on the Amri Maymar, but if the the uh, robbers were Jews, since all the Jewish court will do is to uh, administer an oath, etc., therefore the original owners are Miyaish, and we can assume Yehush. Okay, Tananatam Orochabalabayit Machshavamatamatan. This is a Mishnah Kelim. If you have um, pelts that just belong to a regular guy, and he's working them over, the minute that he intends they're done. If it's a tanner, he has to actually work on it. Now the question is, shall gazlan, if a guy steals it, because a gazlan, according to Tanakam, is like an abdan, in other words, there's no yeush, shall gazlan, but if the guy is a ganav, then we have this earlier in, in Merubah, that because there is Yehush. Rabbi Shimon or Mechilifad, Rabbi Shimon says the opposite, the opposite. It's all in the Mishnah and Kalim. Shal Gazlan Machshavah Matamatan, Shal Ganavan Machshavah Matamatan. Why? He says, when there's a Ganav, the Balim don't give up because they might find the guy. When the Gazlan, the guy's a strong arm guy, he took it, they know they're not going to get it back. Now, Amar Ula Machloka Bistam. Ula says the Machloka of Shimon Rabbanan about whether or not we assume Yehush is only if we don't know anything better. But if we know that there was Yehush, then whether it's a Ganav or a Gaz, then the Yehush um, is enough. Rabbi disagrees and says, even if we know there's Yehush, we still disagree. Uh, they still disagree. Now, So Amai challenges Rabbi. Don't challenge Ula. The Mishnah supports him. Our Mishnah says that the reason that you get to keep the stuff that they... That they um, that uh, was taken by by uh, by robbers is only because there was no Yehush. So the only reason is because we don't we, because we assume that there was no Yehush. But if the Balim gave up, then indeed he gets to keep it. So Rabbi says in our version of the Mishnah it doesn't say but rather There is no possibility of Yehush. That's why you get to keep it. So that's why you can't keep it. Tanan, not lum, oxin, chamar, etc. So now let's look at Rabba versus Ula in line of our Mishnah. Mani i Rabbanan kash gazlan. Remember, our Mishnah lists mochsin, which is a gazlan, a strong arm, and, list, uh, and, and listin, who are ganavim. And they both have the same rule. So if the Rabbanan's the author of our, the author of our Mishnah, then how come in the case of a gazlan where they say there's no yeush, you still get to keep it? Yerushim kash ganav. So Ula works out fine, because according to Ula, Rabbi Shimon and Rabbanon agree in a case where we know there was Yehush. Our Mishnah is a case where we know there was Yehush, and that's it. But according to Rabba, Rabbi Shimon and Rabbanon have opposite positions even when we know there was Yehush. So the answer is, The answer is, the least in our Mishnah are armed robbers, and therefore it's Gzela, and it's Rabbi Shimon. Mochsim and Listim are both Gazlanim, and Rav Shimon says in the case of Gzela, there's Yehush. So Yachi Hanu Gazlan, so then why have Gazlan twice, Mochsim and Listim? The answer is Tregavni Gazlan. There's the uh, government sponsored Gazlan, and then there's the, uh, the Listim. Alright, Toshma, Ganava Gazlan Veha Anas. 
A Ganav, a Gazlan, or a strong-arm guy who takes stuff, whatever they do with that property, those declarations are valid. So, Mani, E. Rabbanan, Kasha Gazlan, according to the Rabbanan, a Gazlan statement shouldn't, a uh, declaration shouldn't work, there's no Yesh, E. Rabbanan, Kasha Ganav. Right, it's the opposite. So Bishma again, Ula works out fine. There are Biyadua Kani, because according to Ula, when we know there's Yehush, that everybody agrees that it's a Kenyan, that's the case when, when we know there's Yehush. The Rabbah and Rabbiyadua, not Machloka, but according to Rabbah, who says the Machloka exists even when we know there was Yehush, Hamani, the Rabban of Lord Shimon. So the answer is Achram, least of Mizuyan, same answer. Rabbi Shimon, he, it's least of Mizuyan. So Yahweh no Gazlan, so why does it say Ganav and Gazlan, if the Ganav is least of Mizuyan? The answer is Trey Gavni Gazlan. There's a Gazlan who's like a Ganav, and a Gazlan who's like a Gazlan. Vibaite Mahamaniti Rabbi, he could be that that Praita really is authored by Rabbi. The Rabbi Omer Ganav ki Gazlan. Rabbi says a Ganav should be understood to be like a Gazlan. But Kaimalan, as we'll see in a minute, ki Gazlan Shimon. When he says a Ganav is like a Gazlan, that could mean like Rabbanan, in which case there's never Yehush in either case, or it could be Ganav ki Gazlan Shimon. And that means there's always Yehush. So we say that's the second one. And therefore, Rebbe says there's always Yehush, Ganav, or Gazlan. And therefore, by the way, everything that we've just said, all the problems that we've just raised, including our own Mishnah, could just be Rebbe. Rebbe, Omer, Omer, Ani, Ganav, Gazlan. So now here's the development that we later, earlier saw the final result of. Does he mean a Ganav and a Gazlan are alike, like the Gazlan of Rabban, and there's no Kenyan because there's no Yehush? Let's see. So now we just cycle back. So if Rebbe holds that Ganam and Gazlan both have Yehush, then Hamani Rebbe, our Mishnah is Rebbe, and it's smooth. But if you think that Rebbe says that Ganav and Gazlan are alike, there is no Kenyan in either case, then our Mishnah has run out of authors. How many low Rebbe? He can't be anybody. Because according to Abishimon, a Ganav, there's no Yehush. According to Rabbanon, a Gazlan, there's no Yehush. And according to Rebbe, nobody's the Yehush. So the answer that we could give provisionally is Achamaskin, at least the answer we gave before Abishimon. So Yachiyano Gazlan, so Trey Gavni Gazlan, the same answers we gave. So Toshma, Ganava Gazlan Vanasak Tishanak Tesh, this is the second thing that we brought up on, on Amud Aleph. Shmatan Shumama Sutan Maser, Mani Yabaran Kasha Gazan Shimon Kasha Ganavi, Amarbishama Ganav, Gazandra Bshimon Kamar. If you agree that Rebbe holds that both have Yeush, so Mishumahikani, then Armi that bright is Rebbe. Same exact answer. All right. We still haven't settled that Rebbe really holds it to Gazlan because we have a possible answer, the least of Mizuyan answer in both cases. So now is the slam dunk. Remember we had this at the beginning of the parak. She doesn't have to be that the Gzela is something with really Achrit. There's the third time we're seeing the statement of Rebbe. It's only because of honor to the father. So if there weren't for that, they would keep it, which means So you see that Rebbe holds that there really is Yehush in the case both of Gzela and Geneva, and therefore when he equates a Ganav to a Gazlan, it's the Gazlan of Rebbe Shimon with Yehush. Alright, the Mishnah said, nachil shel So my Vechein, why are the two cases compared? What's comparable between saving something from a river and the swarm of bees? Meaning, even a swarm of bees. As we'll see momentarily, 
that your ownership on the swarm of bees is not a full ownership. They're swarming. It's a kinyan drabanan mishum darke shalom. It's a sugin gitten. So nechamena high came and drabanan ba'almahuda kanile. Since it's only midrabanan that you have ownership, afilu stamadam miyayish. We would assume that even in a stam case, the assumption is yeyush because you don't really have such control, and it's only rabbanan give you a kinyan for darke shalom. Kamashon yashua be'alim in ilolo. So therefore, the mission is teaching us that only if we know there's yeyush do we allow ourselves to take it. Otherwise, the original owner keeps it, even though the kinyan is drabanan. Wait a second. Why could a woman testify or a kid testify that that's where the swarm came from and that's the owner? What happens is you see people running after the swarm, they're the owners, and the woman just corroborates it by saying, yeah, it came out of his property. And they're not testifying. They're just just sort of telling a story and saying, oh yeah, it came from there. But Amar Vashi and Mesech Lefitumo Kashal Edut Yishbavad. This we saw at the end of Yivamot. Mesech Lefitumo is only acceptable for Edut Yishah. The truth is Mesech Lefitumo is acceptable Mahalacha in many other situations. But what are we going to do with Ravashi's statement? But we just got through saying that the case of the swarm of bees, we believe the woman or the kid based on their just idle chatter about where it came from. The answer that's a kin in Durabana, and therefore we're not so makbi. We don't believe a uh, woman or a kid when the Messiah Lefitumo for a Doraita Din. Does this in the second paragraph of Tubo? There was a guy who was telling a story and said, I remember when I was a baby. They picked me up on father's shoulders. They took me out of school. They took off my clothes. And they put me in the mikvah so I could eat truma that night. He didn't know if he was a coin, but he told the story. And the end of the story was, all my friends would avoid me. They used to call me Yochanan, the challah eater. And Rebbe declared him to be a Kohen based on that story. So the answer is, The Rebbe allowed him to eat Truma de Rabbanan. Right. Somehow he told this story, one of them. It's either Rabbi Levi or Rebbe. With a story, but was a kid was telling a story of Yamar. We were taken captives, we assumed by the Romans. I my and my mother. Every time I went out to get water, I was keeping eye on my mother. I went out to get wood, I kept my my mother. Rebbe, based on this kid's testimony, allowed her to marry Kohen, assuming that she was not raped by the by the captors. So we see that even for a Doraita, we believe a kid Mesiach Lefitumo. The answer is Bishvuya Hikelu. There's lots and lots of leniencies when it comes to the issue of a Shvuya, a captive woman. All right. This we had sort of at the end of the seventh parak. Tanya Bishvom He says that you could go in and cut down the trees and say, I'll pay for it. Right. He says, This is the, the way the Beitin has set it up, meaning it's a, it's a sort of assumed spirit of the law. You can go into somebody else's field and cut down a tree to save your swarm, which is worth far more. And then you could take, uh, the, the other fellow could get back the money for his tree that you cut down from the swarm that you saved. 
If you see another guy with a barrel that just busted of honey, you can spill out all your wine in your barrel and save his honey in your in your barrel. And then have him pay you for your lost wine, even though you initiated the deal, uh, the, the rescue, as it were, from the fellow's honey. Honey is worth far more. If you have wood that's sitting on the back of an animal, you can... Yeah, I'm sorry, you could take this stuff apart and use it to load, load somebody else's flax. And again, use his pishtan to pay back for what you lost in the wood. That was, those are the conditions under which Yoshua gave uh, Eretz Yisrael and allowed them to, to take their part of the land. If you recall, at the end of the seventh parak, this was quoted as one of the examples beyond the ten takanot of Yeshua that we later explained. Yeah, the ten takanot were things that were unanimous. This is Rabbi Yoshua Albanosh of Yochum and Bruka, who is the author of this statement. In any case, we'll pause at this point. We'll pick up at Mishnah uh, Gimel, Adaf Kuf Yod Dalad Amud Bet, in the next podcast. In the meantime, everyone should have a wonderful day.